November 28, 2022, we're in Masechet Sanhedrin, and Daf Pe Amud If you count from the bottom of the Amud up, it's 13 lines up. Last, last word on the line says the Gemara Haniskalin Banisrafim. If you recall, the Mishnah was dealing at the end with a circumstance, well, really the bulk of it, a situation wherein different people who were found to be guilty of death penalty and uh, they're waiting on death row, but they got mixed up. So, for example, the Mishnah mentioned Haniskalin Banisrafim, people who were Hayav Sekila, got mixed up with people who were Hayav Serefa. Of course, the halakha in our Mishnah was that uh, what we would do in such a circumstance is give the, the lesser of the two punishments to all of those people on death row. It's mahlok, which one's the lesser, which one's the less severe. According to the hachamim, it's serefa. According to Rabbi Shimon, it's sekila. Says the Gemara, um, a, a short anecdote with regards to dealing with this Mishnah. Matnela rav yeheskel lerami bere hanisrafim baniskalin. Now, says the Gemara that matne means to teach, um, teaching specifically the words of the Mishnah over here. Rav Yeheskel, so this rabbi whose name was Rav Yeheskel, he was teaching his son, Rami or Rame, it's always uh, very fond for me, it's my son's name, Hanisrafim Baniskalin. Instead of the words in our Mishnah as we have it, Haniskalim Banisrafim, those who were liable to death penalty from stoning, got mixed up with those who were liable by burning, he had it the opposite. As he was teaching his son, uh, Rameh, he taught him Hanisrafim Baniskalim. Should it make a difference? Uh, does it matter which one's mentioned first? So the Gemara tells us very quickly uh, that it does. But before that, this is what he taught. Rabbi Shimon Omer, Yidonu Basikilash Aserefa Hamura. Of course, those are the next words in our Mishnah. Next words in our Mishnah are the opinion of Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Shimon says Sikila is the lesser of the punishments. And as a result, that's what all the people get. Amar Rav Yehuda, Rav Yehuda turns to his father, Rav Yehezkel, as he hears his father teaching this Mishnah to his brother, and he corrects him, Abba, la hache. And says Rav Yehuda to his father, Rav Yehezkel, what you're teaching my brother, I think you shouldn't be teaching it so. If the Mishnah were to indeed be written or, or recited the way you just had it, Abba, uh, how was that so? Again, Hanisrafim Baniskalim, I would have the following question. Well, we'll define those words in a second, but first and foremost, uh, what does the order in the Mishnah matter? What does it matter whether it says in the Mishnah, Haniskalim Banisrafim, those who are liable to Sekila with those who are liable to Serefa, or the opposite, as Rav Hezkel taught it, those who are liable to Serefa with those who are liable to Sekila. The understanding of Rav Yehuda, the son of Rav Hezkel, is that the Second one, if I were to say to you, you joined our class, you understand the class already exists, it's more than one person, and you joined it now. As, as opposed to if I say that our class joined it, it might now suggest that what we joined is the majority. In other words, when you talk about it in such a fashion, in such a way, that you talk about the understanding and the acceptance of our Gemara is Rav Yehuda's understanding, the second one is the majority. If I say they got mixed up in, it seems to imply not only with those the originals, 
but those are the majority. So therefore, the words in our Mishnah, as we have it, haniskalin banisrafin, that seems to imply that what we're dealing with is the majority, this we know, are nisrafim, are those who are supposed to get serefa. The minority who got mixed into them are sekila, right? That's the way we would have it in our Mishnah. The way Rav Yechezkel was teaching it to his son was in the opposite way. One more time, what did it say in his version? Hanisrafim baniskalin. The majority are those who are liable to sikila. The minority, again, let's just put it to numbers. There are six people who are liable to sikila, and we know that. And there are four people, three people, two people who are liable to serefa who got mixed into them. The order is very significant, suggests Rav Yehuda understands the Gemara. Ah, so that's exactly the point. So for, first, just to establish what we're dealing with. So the reading in the Mishnah then, according to Rav Yechezkel, is, again, the majority is Sekila, the minority is Serefa. Asked or exclaimed Rav Yehuda to his father, wait a second, the reason of Rabbi Shimon in our Mishnah, the reason that in this situation you give, give Sekila to everyone is because Sekila is the lesser of the two punishments, right? That was his reasoning. Rabbi Shimon, who disagreed with the Hachamim, said Sekila is the less severe. Uh, Serefa is the more severe, right? That was the reason of Rabbi Shimon. Says, says the son of Yudat to his father of Yechezkel, if the circumstance was the way you just portrayed it, Dad, if it were, as you said it, Abba, that Sikila was the majority, Rabbi Shimon doesn't need to give that reasoning. The reason he gets Sikila is because it's the lesser of the two punishments. He could very simply and would be rightful in stating, you give the majority. I have six versus four. I have a mixture of these. Which punishment am I going to give? I'm going to give them the majority punishment. And as a result, the fact that Rabbi Shimon's reasoning in the Mishnah, as you Abba just exclaimed, as you just explained, Rabbi Shimon says the reason you get sekila is because it's the lesser of the two. No, I, don't, I don't think so. The reason you're getting sekila, according to the way you taught it, Dad, uh, should be because that's the majority of the people we're dealing with. It's the six versus four. Instead, understand and recite the Mishnah in the opposite way. What's the case then in the Mishnah? It's the opposite. It's the way we had the Mishnah. The majority are serefa. Hmm, I should imagine then. What punishment are we going to give uh, the random or any of these people? I pull one of them out of the ground. I'm going to go based on majority. What's the majority? The majority is serefa. Says Rabbi Shimon, ah, that's where I draw a line. Generally speaking, if it was all the same severity, you give the majority. Over here, there's a different severity. And I'm explaining to you, says Rabbi Shimon, the reason that you're going to get sikila and not serefa in such a circumstance is because that's the lesser of the two severities. But again... The significance in the order of the Mishnah is very telling, says Rav Yehuda. You shouldn't have it, Abba, the way you just recited it, that the majority is Sekila, because if that were the case, Rabbi Shimon's reasoning should be, that's the majority, that's why you get Sekila. Rabbi Shimon was very clear about, you said it, Abba, the reason Rabbi Shimon says that you get Sekila is because it's the lighter of the two, uh, clearly the majority leads us in the opposite direction. So again, says the Gemara, Amar le Rav Yehuda, Rav Yehuda exclaims to his father, Abba, don't teach it, don't learn it like that. Why would it be that the reason of Rabbi Shimon, why you give Sekila, not Serefa, is because Serefa is more hamur, is more severe. We should have instead taught it, he should have instead explained himself, according to your version, 
Abba, according to the way you just taught it, Sniskalin are the Rova, the majority, and as a result, that would be why you get Sekila Ela, rather, Hechi Etnie, says Rav Yechezkel to his son, so rather, how should I teach it? Because I have a problem even with your reading, son, Rav Yehuda. You want it to be taught the way, again, we have it, if you were to turn the page over and remember the way we read it, Haniskalin Banisrafim, Okay, so that's the version. The majority then are getting serifa. I now understand the first comment. I understand now why Rabishimon needs to tell us Shahserefa Hamura. How much I understand. Rabishimon says, don't go based on the majority. The majority is serifa. Don't get serifa. Why don't you get serifa? That's more hamur, that's more severe. Give the lesser of the severe, the, the more uh, the lesser of the two. But wait a second. The continued words are a little difficult. What are the continued <laughs> words in the Mishnah? If this were so, says Rav Yehezkel to his son Rav Yehuda, who is trying to edit the Mishnah that he's reciting. Let's recite the next words in the Mishnah. The next words on the Mishnah are, the hachamim omrim yidonu baserefa she'asikila hamura. The hachamim disagree with Rabbi Shimon. They argue instead that you get serefa because... Pause. Shouldn't they say the reason you get it is because the majority is serefa? They shouldn't say because sikilas hamura Why didn't they? According to your reasoning, you can't have two opinions who are both stating their reasoning as being Rav Yehuda, my son, because this one's the less severe, that one's the more severe. One of them should be saying because the majority dictates so. Answers Rav Yudat to his father Rav Hezkel Hatam Rabbanan Hudika Amrule Lerbishimon. In truth, says Rav Yudat to his father Rav Hezkel. I'm sorry if this is a bit confusing. It's a lot of names and a lot of concepts all being thrown into one. You know, he's supposed to be able to imagine it and see it in front. But anyway, says Rav Yudat to his father Rav Hezkel. Says no. Here's how it goes. Uh, first, the statement. The statement has to be. That we, again, begin with the novel statement. That's Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Shimon's the first statement. His statement is, don't go based on majority. His statement is, I, I know the majority would dictate that you should be giving serifa, but it's not so. You go based on the lighter of the two. Now, Hachamim responding to Rabbi Shimon in truth could say, they could easily say, ah, oh, well, we go based on majority. But now they're talking to Rabbi Shimon. They said, Rabbi Shimon, there was a mistake in your logic. Your logic, your reasoning was... That sekilah is less hamu. It's just not so. Now, if the hachamim were the first statement, so if they were the only statement, they could say because that's the majority. But the fact that they're reacting to the bishimon who made a factually wrong statement in their eyes, his statement was sekilah is lighter than serefa. They now turn to him and say, Ledidachte amarta. Everybody agrees we have to go with the lighter sentence. Everybody. Everyone agrees. Only it's question is what's the lighter. And that was but clear for the Torah doesn't do that. Kippur does that. Our Slah on Kippur does that because we follow the opinion of Hachamim. The Torah never gives us. We had to piece together, if you recall, from Mishnayot earlier in the Gemara, why and how we can, there was all sorts of binyan avs, and we were looking at the more severe of the punish of, of, of sins. Uh, we were never clear on this. The hachamim, and that's the way we go. The Torah never says it explicitly at all. Again, we all good, accepted as an axiom of truth. I mean, we, we are 
because we follow the opinion of Hachamim. Anyways, it says, says, says uh, they say the Hachamim to Hatam over there, Rabbananu to Kamru, Leder Bishimon, Lididach, according to you, Damarta Serefa Hamura, Lo Sekila Hamura. Okay, so uh, that was the response, that was the retort of the Hachamim to the Bishimon. When all the dust settles as Morris made clear to us, really, we have the words of our Mishnah. Okay, which one's the majority? What's the mechanics that underlie it? All important, but less significant than the bottom line for us, which is the words of the Mishnah. The bottom line for us is Mahlog between Bishimon and Hachamim about how to rank in terms of severity the death penalties. But now, says the Gemara, I have a practically relevant issue for you, and that is how Rav Yehuda just spoke to his father. I mean, Rav Yehuda just said to his father, Rav Yehuda, Dad, Abba, don't teach it like that. Is that the way we're supposed to talk to our father, our parents? Is that the appropriate fashion? Amar le Shemuel Rav Yehuda. Shemuel, the contemporary and rabbi, mentor of Rav Yehuda, turns to him and, as he often would, refers to him as Shinina. Shinina means sharp one. Rav Yehuda, Shemuel would always refer to Rav Yehuda as the sharp one. Of course, the Gemara says elsewhere you're not supposed to give nicknames to others, which of course raises the issue. How is he calling him the sharp one? Maybe it's nicknames that are not so flattering, uh, as opposed to this, suggests some of them, Farshim, as opposed to this one. Sharp one, Shinina. Well, how do you know Shinina means sharp one? Well, the Gemara, similarly in Masechet Kiddushin, has a derasha, Veshinantam Levanecha. What do those words mean? Of course, they simply mean you should teach your children. When we say it in Kiryat Shema. But the Gemara says, The Torah should be sharp in your mouth. Shinun is Milashon, apparently. Mehudad, had means sharp. If a person asks you a question, don't stutter. And in Morlo Miyad, tell him immediately. That's the Lashon of Shinun, Shinina. So says Rav Yehuda, says Shemuel to his student Rav Yehuda, you can't speak. You should not be speaking to your father as such. Again, what did he say? The content's not important for us any longer. We, that's so a minute ago. But the concept over here is, how did he speak to him? He said to him, Abba, la Dad, don't teach. Don't learn like it. We don't do like that. Detanya, as the Beraita in Masechet Kiddushin teaches us, Hareshahaya Aviv Over al Divre Torah. Now, this is really Lehavdil. Over here, we're talking about the proper version of the Mishnah as opposed to an actual sin, but for our purposes, says Shemuel Tarav Yehuda, the same thing. If your dad is making a mistake in the Torah realm, in the world of spirituality, in the world of knowledge of Torah, he's either sinning or he's teaching and learning wrong. Lo Yomarlo, you shouldn't say to him, Abba, avarta al divre Torah. You should not be saying, expressing, Dad, you're going against, you went against the words of Torah. Similarly, in our context, don't say to your father, says Shemuel to Rav Yehuda, don't say to him, rather, he instead should, you instead should say, Abba, kach ketiv ba Torah. Dad, is this that which it says in the Torah? But wait a second, is that much better? Oh, you said, don't say to him, you went against the Torah. Instead say, Dad, is that what you... What's that? Posing another question. It still is a question, but it's, 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 it's close enough, the Gemara understands, to confrontational, even though it's a little less direct. It's a question. Is it really written like that? Instead, says the Gemara, sof sof hainuach. Says the Gemara, at the end of the day, it's the same thing. Hainuach means it's the same thing. In other words, yes, Judah points out, if we pose it as a question, maybe you made it a little bit better. You said, Dad, is that what it says? But it's still clear. It's clear to your father that you're confronting him. It's clear to others. What's that? 
All right, it's not about public. It's about respect, even in private. So how would you do it? Ela says the Gemara, Omelo Abba Mikra Katuba Torah Kahi. And you should instead say, as it's in the moment, Dad, this is what the Pasuk in the Torah says. In other words, in our context, Rav Yehuda should have said to his father, Rav Yechezkel, Dad, this is the version of the Mishnah. It's not confrontational, it's not speaking at all, it's instead just uh, soliloquizing, it's just uh, speaking the Pasuk. That's the suggestion of the Gemara. So even the question is too direct, too confrontational, uh, to almost uh, placing and uh, putting him in his place. Uh, instead, just state it. Stating it in an innocuous, without uh, engaging in conversation, no dialogue uh, uh, fashion, that's the way it should be done. Okay. Have I found myself in this? Uh, my father never gets anything wrong, so it's never in such an issue. Says, says the Mishnah onward, on Daf Peh Aleph, Amud Aleph, the Mishnah here, five lines down. Mishin tayev bishte mitot bedin. If a person is mitayev, person is liable to two death penalties. That means to say, and we'll talk about it uh, a bit in the Gemara, they sinned twice. Uh, we'll have to address in what sort of uh, fashion, but they sin twice and as a result are liable to two types of death penalty. Uh, says Rashi, well, oh, I'll give, that's, this is easy, all right? They were mehalil shabbat, lo alenu, and then afterwards, the same day, the next day, whatever it is, uh, they had an illicit relationship. So the f- first one is a sekila for hilul shabbat. The illicit relation, let's say, is henek. So mishinit hayev b'shtem mitot betim, nidon bahamura. In this circumstance, in this situation, it's one person, no mixture, no doubt. We're well aware, sin of sekila, sin of henek. Everybody agrees, both of Bishimon and Chachamim, that Sikila is more hamur, is more severe than, than Hanek. The person would get Sikila. That much is somewhat clear. Uh, the Gemara will question that it's too clear. That's too simple. Of course, the guy's liable to two death penalties. Why would you have thought differently? What if instead of two separate actions, the person violated in a terrible way, a sin, which is really two sins, an action which is really two sins as one. Says Rashid, for example, terrible thought, person has relations with his mother-in-law. Such a situation, Number one, the Hayav Hanek, the mother-in-law is an Eshiti, she's a married woman. And number two, the Hayav Serefa, because it's the mother-in-law. Uh, what would the Halakha be in such a sort of one act? Two death penalties for that one act. Nidon Bahamura, there as well, you'd get the more severe, which of course would be Serefa over Hanek as well. Rabbi Omer, Rabbi has this mysterious last words, which the Gemara will address and try to explain. Nidon Bazika Harishona Sheba'a Alav, you get judged based on the first attachment that comes upon you, the first Isur that comes upon you. First Isur, at the same time. It's, to Isurim, I did one action. All right, we'll have to deal with what Rabbi Yosef means in the Gemara. But first things first, says the Gemara. Let's deal with the first words of the Mishnah. First words of the Mishnah, if a person sinned twice and they have two death penalties, they get the Hamura. Says the Gemara, Peshita, Ela itgure itgur. I mean, this is simple. Are you going to tell me what we might say elsewhere is hoteniska? Itgure atagar is a peddler. Do you think you're going to make, you're going to uh, be able to profit off of sin? What do you mean profit off of sin? I lo aleno, a person's mehalel shabbat, is hayav sekila. I said, I don't want sekila, anything but sekila. <laughs> so he, uh, he realizes, he says, I have to fix myself. How am I going to fix myself? Oh, I'll go sleep with that woman. Sleep with that woman? Wait, are you kidding? Yeah, that's right. Now I'm only going to get, quote unquote, only going to get hainek. 
You think that's possible? Are you going to tell me? I mean, the Mishnah is so simple. Those first words are so simple that if a person has two sins, he's going to get the more hamur. We wouldn't say, oh, we, you lessened your burden because you sinned again, a lesser of the sin. It's inconceivable those words didn't need to be in our Mishnah. Rather, the Mishnah must have been talking about something a little bit more profound, a little bit more complex. Rava says instead, what's our Mishnah talking about? And again, as I've told you more than once, the words hacha b'may here, hacha b'may askinan, what are we dealing with? The Gemara necessarily, from time to time, has what's called ukimta. Ukimta means we inject details that are not to be found in the Mishnah, but we can't read the Mishnah otherwise. We'd rather not do this. We'd rather let the words of the Mishnah speak for themselves. But if we can't read them, we can't understand them any other way, we throw in hacha b'may askinan, we inject details that are not found in the Mishnah. Oftentimes, when it's a mahlokin in the Gemara, it's Rava versus Abaye, it's Rav versus Shemuel, and one of them is proving from the Mishnah, the Beraita, like their opinion, and the other one needs to do a hachab askinan, and everyone groans and rolls their eyes. Come on, that's not, that's right. The Gemara is also moaning and, and, and rolling its eyes. The Gemara is saying, oh, that's, uh, we'd rather not inject. We don't have a choice, we don't have a choice. We don't have another explanation to the Mishnah. Hachab askinan, kigon she'avar avera kala, v'nigmar dino ala avera kala, First the case, and then the uh, what you would have thought. The case is a person lo aleno is does a avera kala. Of course, it's in in context. It's kala. No avera is kala. No death penalty is kala. But the lesser of death penalties of two, let's say. Uh, so the person <coughs> has a sin. He's a baal eshetish, and as a result, he's hayav henek. Terrible, horrible thing to. He's being held in a cell. We're waiting to. Uh, we're waiting for the lethal injection. It's coming on uh, on Sunday. It's Saturday right now. Uh, he was nigmar dino verdict. Hayav chenek. We're gonna wait until after Shabbat to, to the sentencing is done. And now over Shabbat, you know, he says, uh, "Listen, I'm dying anyway. May as well enjoy myself." So he starts being mahalil Shabbat b'farhesya with warnings and everything like that. Now again, he got already nigmar dino. He got gemar din. He got verdict. What's that? So says the Gemara, what would you have thought to say? Since he's already, you would have thought, it would have arisen to your mind to think, since he's already, a guilty verdict was reached for his lesser of sins, this man should and could be considered a dead man walking. If he's a dead man walking, he's already sentenced to death. He's still alive, but he's dead already. He's going to be killed. As a result, we might not, therefore, give him the higher of the two punishments. It's not so, even though, perhaps, he's a dead man walking. Or, alternatively, we don't envision him for this, a dead man walking. Mahlokan had to understand this line in the Gemara. Ultimately speaking, we still give him the more severe punishment. The Gemara will, of course, wonder, how do you know so? Now, it's interesting, you might recall Daf'ayn Het we had in the Gemara. We had an actual, quote, dead man walking. You had what we call Terefa. Remember Terefa, a person who's going to die within a year. And that person goes out and in front of Betin kills someone. What do we do? We kill them. In front of witnesses, it's Educhi Atayachulazima. We had a lupa, we weren't able to really prosecute him in court appropriately. However, if he did it before Betin, the only reason why we put, quote, the dead man walking to death is because we need to remove 
this danger from our midst. You would have thought over here as well, this is the way many explain this Gemara, uh, that you would, uh, you would say he's going to be put to death anyway. Yeah, what's that? You, you, yeah, sure. You say, so, so Eli's adding, you know, you, you also potentially you relieve Bedin. You give them an easier time. They don't need to get back. They don't need to reconvene. Or at the very least, they deal with other matters. And they're dealing with they're going to send, they're going to put this guy in, they're going to get him out of our midst. The Hidush over here in the Gemara will have to derive that from Pasukis. No, we don't say so. We instead give him the more Hamut. But he's already in the Gemara. That's right, he's already a dead man. That's right. Nonetheless, we're going to give him the more severe. I give you on purpose that example. Shabbat. You can't put him to death on Shabbat. You're not allowed to. But good point, John. Wouldn't they have to retry him again for the second? Yes. 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 That's what Eli is adding. Eli is adding. You're also having an elongated time. I guess Joey Levy's adding that as well. So, yeah. So, yeah. So we have to do. You have to deal with it appropriately. Who said? Okay, the Gemara is going to say we need sourcing for this. If you could already put him to death, if you could get him, why are you actually going to deal with this person further? Um, Alright, so one rabbi asked the other rabbi. He asked him, Mina, from where ha, this milta, this matter, this thing, the Amur Rabbanan, that the rabbi said, they stated in our Mishnah, that's what we've been talking about. What's your sourcing for that? Do you have proof for that? After all, we just made the case that it shouldn't be so. Now, once you got the kala again, nikmar dino, of course, it was, the verdict was reached on the first one, but who said, dikhtiv, now he's not going to point to a pasuk in the Torah, the Hamishah Hamishah Torah per se, he's going to point to a remez of sorts from Sefer Yechizkel, very briefly, the context in Sefer Yechizkel, Yechizkel is talking to the people who are claiming, oh, that which is going to befall us is going to befall us because of our parents' misdeeds. That's already predetermined. If our parents were sinners, that's why we're going to be treated wrongfully, and it's not really worth putting in the effort any longer. You know, it's, it's already a predetermined, sealed deal with regards to our future. Says Yehezkel to them, it's not so. On many levels, you can be wicked in a way that your parents weren't, and you'll be punished for that. You can be righteous in a way that your parents weren't, and you'll be and you'll be uh, you'll you'll get zechut uh, for that. You'll get rewarded for that, and so on and so forth. Those are that's the context over here. So now, when he's talking about the person who's born to a righteous family, a good father, a mother who's pious and modest and all her way, and here's the child. Look at what he can be. Veholid ben Paritz. The father, the righteous one, the Sadiq, will have a child who's paritz. Paritz, lifrotz peritz, means to open a hole, to breach a hole. It means that a person's wide open. I've told you more than once in Me'ashari, if a person who wasn't dressed modestly walked by, they would yell at them, Pritza, Pritza, Parutz, Prutza, and then someone that's exposed. Okay, ben paritz is not a very flattering term then. Shofech dam. And the next reference in the Pasuk is a murderer. Uh, well, what's the death penalty for a person who's a murderer? Saif. Okay, so the first description in the Pesukim again is he's Shofech Dam. He's a murderer, and as a result, Hayav Saif. El Heharim Achal. 
he ate in the mountains. Now, uh, the Gemara will elaborate, will explain what I'm saying already now, but when we imagine eating in the mountains back in uh, biblical or prophet time, uh, we talk about Avodah Zarah, that's where they used to do it. That's what the Torah even describes. They used to do their sacrificial rites out in the mountains. And as a result, it means he's eating from what's called Tikrovet Avodah Zarah. He's involved in Avodah Zarah and he's eating from it. Uh, what's the sin of uh, Avodah Zarah? What's the punishment for Avodah Zarah? We're dealing with sikila. And furthermore, he, uh, he uh, had relations with his, his friend's wife, which means to say, And that probably means he raised his eyes to avodazara. Galal usually means dung. In the eyes and the words of the prophet, dung, uh, that's a uh, horse excrement and the like, is avodazara. Veolid ben Paritz shofech. Okay, so now says so, so, period. Ve'lagilulim nasa'inav. Now the derasha again. What are we looking for in this derasha? We're looking for in this derasha the idea that even if you're mitayev and more than one death penalty, you're going to get the highest of them. First and foremost, here we go. Ve'olid ben Paritz shofech dam. What's a shofech dam? It's a murderer besaif. That's a person who gets put to death by beheading. That's the punishment for saif. Um, that's a reference to a person who has illicit relations with a married woman, gets put to death by strangulation. And he raised his eyes to the mountains to do Avodah Biskila. So we're dealing with, says the Gemara, says this rabbi to the other, dealing with, yes, in a clever reading of the Pasuk, a person who's liable for three death penalties. Saif, Sikila, and Henek, not, not a very uh, a pleasant person to be dealing with. Uchtiv, and then the conclusion of the Pasuk says, Mot yumat damav bo. Excuse me, damav bo yihye. No, Besikila is not in the Pasuk. That's dash Biskila. The Pasuk says as follows, it's the next Pasuk there in Yechazkel, Mot yumat damav bo yihye. And now the Gemara tells us Biskila. And then the punishment is. Stand there. Anytime the Torah says damav bo, we learned this on Dafnun Dalid, it's a reference to sikila. That's the key words. What is the argument between Chachamim and Bishimon? No, this is not an order. Which is more severe? The Bishimon said, remember the days that the Hamim said, there was no, there's no, there's no, where do you see Serefa in this Pasuk, even in the Derasha? Oh. <laughs> that's, you know, that's, that's, that's twofold. Number one, you don't have Serefa even in our Derasha. Number two, Mars, as, as, and, you know, you would have been on the other end had I had the Gemara been arguing. We're just trying to elucidate something that we're working with with regards to tradition. We're not actually going to prove a halakha per se. But anyway, that's the Derasha, and so that's the way it works over here. So says the Gemara, that is my rim, is Pasuk, my Semech in the Pasuk, the thing I can lean on and say, even though this terrible, decrepit uh, person has as a liability for three death penalties, he's going to get the most severe of the three, and that is sikila. Says Gemara Matkifla Rav Nachman by Yitzhak Ema Kulehu Biskila. Maybe uh, the halacha in this circumstance is, is mistaken because the pasuk was really you assumed everything you just read was an assumption. I could read the pasuk altogether different, and all three of the sins that are mentioned in the pasuk are really sikila sins. What, what are you talking about? 
והוליד בן פריט שופך דם, שופך דמים, הצייף, נו, זה בן סורר ומורה, בסקילה, maybe that's referring to a בן סורר ומורה, בן סורר ומורה, we remember that from a chapter ago, the פרק beforehand was dealing with בן סורר ומורה, what was ההלכה בן סורר, first and foremost, בן סורר ומורה is the wayward child, the wayward child, and we talked about at length in the Gemara, the punishment is סקילה, that's clear in the Torah, what does it have to do with שפיכות דמים, that's not, it doesn't kill anyone, if you recall, as Rashi cites for us, the Mishnah explains why a ben sorer more gets put to death with sikila. After all, the Torah only says, Zolel all he's doing is eating, eating gluttonously. He's drinking and eating, eating gluttonously. That's what you get put So as the Mishnah, you should know, a person who's eating in such a way at this age, so full, ultimately speaking, he's going to steal from his father all his father's worth. He's going to run out of funds over there. He's going to still need his meat and his alcohol in order to satiate himself. So He's going to be Omed al going to be standing out in the street and stealing and killing people in order to take their money. We treat him already as a murderer. Nidon al Shem Sofo. Ah, says the statement here then in the Gemara, says Rav Rahman by Yitzhak. The first one is talking about Ben Soreno More. Why does it refer to him as a Shofech Damim? Because he's, that's the way we envision him. That's why he's put to death with Skila. Eshet Re'ehu Timeh. You can explain that one. That's Eshet Ish. We know that's Chenekzo, Na'aram Orasa, Debiskila. There's a notable exception to the rule. If it's a Na'aram Orasa, if it's a young lady between the age of 12 and 12 and a half, and she's Orasa, the Torah tells if she's engaged, the status of that woman is you get sikila if you had relations with well, second sin. So it's also about sikila. And of course, the last one, that's the case. You can't prove from the Pasuk that if you're liable for two, te- two death penalties, one more severe than the other, you're going to get the more severe one. That Pasuk in Sefer Haskell is talking about all of the highest severity according to the Hachmim, all at the very least, all talking about sikila. In Ken, the response to of Nahman by Yitzhak is Maika Mashlam Alan Yahizkel. If really the Pasuk was talking about all three sins, or talking about a, a punishment that's liable by death penalty of Sikila, Yahizkel is redundant. He's being flowery in his wording. He's mentioning sin number one, Sikila. Is Sikila. That's clear. Now that's going to be maintained. We learned that on Daf Nundal. We learned that from Ovi Yedra'oni. That's anytime we'd say Damav Bo or Damim Bo, you're dealing with Sikila. The, the question is, was, and then what's Yechezkel teaching me? I mean, Yechezkel needed to mention three sins will all have the same death penalty? I mean, just tell me, he's a bad guy and he's liable to Sikila. That's what's going to happen. Dilma Torah Kam Mehadir. Maybe Yechezkel uh, is just reviewing Torah with the people. Oh, says the Gemara, yeah, you're right. Maybe Yechezkel isn't teaching a halakha per se. He's reviewing. He's saying, gentlemen, you're complaining that you're going to die by the sin of your father. It's not so good. Why would this fall into the Kingle, into the Bible, into the concept of if they're just getting the more humble you can't apply by in any case other than if it's done on one action at the same time. Over here with two separate sins, two separate actions. You can't apply. You can't apply further than the, than the higher and lower in the context as well of a mita and mamon. It's a mah. The Eshet Ish was the mother-in-law, who was the mother-in-law. And the, the, 
the end of our Mishnah. We'll deal with that. But keep in mind, Kamlebe de Rabbamine really is only talking about when you have Mita Umamon. It's Mahloket even about Mita Umalkot, as you know. Uh, so, uh, but we will, we will address somewhat that sort of issue. You know, you're dealing logically. But that's the second part of the Mishnah. We're in the first part of the Mishnah. Maybe Torah is just teaching them Torah. Says the Gemara, if Yehezkel wasn't trying to teach new laws, if he wasn't trying to get across something they didn't know before, and Imken he should have been reviewing with them. He should have been reviewing the same way Moshe Rabbeinu says Rashi in Mishneh Torah and Sefer Devarim. He should have been elaborate. He should have been clear. Instead, he's speaking in riddles. Instead, he's not talking at length. If that's all he was trying to do, he should have been clear and deliberate and elaborate and elucidating and clear. The fact that Yehezkel mentions these three in this almost poetic, mysterious way tells you Hezkel's trying to teach a new law. He's not just reviewing laws. What's the law? Not all about Sekila. One is Sekila, the other one is Hanuk, and the other one is Saif. And he's teaching us in such a circumstance, this person sinned, got Nigmar Dino to the lower of the, of the three or the lower of the two. Even though he's already a dead man walking, he goes and he sins again. Maybe he was already a dead man walking. I'm not going to open up the case and deal with it again and give him a new death penalty. The Hidush is Damav Bo. He's going to get the highest of the two or three penalties and that over there was Sikila, whatever the circumstance is, that would be the Halakha of our Mishnah. Baruch Adonai Amen, Amen.